I didn't come into this to go to church and sit on a pew every Sunday and do the same thing over and over. I came into this to shake this world. I came into this to win this world. I came into this to change somebody's life. I came into... You ain't gonna stop my praise. You ain't gonna silence my shout. I'm not going back. Hello and welcome to the Actually Biblical Podcast. I'm Lana Lejean, joined again by our regulars, Tyler Merritt and James Merritt. And we're joined today, today by a special guest, Michael Ray, who's also my grandfather and all of our mentor. Mm-hmm. And he's gonna join us today as we jump back into our Soul Winner series. And we're all together back in the studio talking about soul winning and on our third episode here and about choice and the power of choice. And because when we were when I was putting this together, when we were all putting this together, sitting down, we realized that as you're teaching this, I just you're realizing, you know, you know, the gospel and salvation and you're teaching it and everything. It all comes down to choice. It all comes down to them making the decision in their mind with the revelation that, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to receive the Holy Ghost. So um, basically what we live, this is a choice. We live this by choice. Uh, it's an answer to conviction, obeying the call, or denying it. There's also the choice of walking away from it. And that's pretty much what this process is. is it all comes down to a choice. As you heard in the, in the intro clip, I mean, we have to choose to not live the same way you know, and get in this repetitive cycle. We have to choose to go out and ch- teach and t- choose to change somebody's life in any capacity and minister. So that's what, that's what we're talking about today. And you know, do you have guys have any thoughts on choice? I mean, just that word in general. Well, I mean, there was, uh, we talked about it a little bit before we, we started off and, uh, talking about, was it King Agrippa? Right. Um, was it Paul? It, it was Paul. I should know this. I, I t- taught on, on a Wednesday night. <laughs> Uh, Come on, Tyler. <laughs> anyways, um, Paul lays out his testimony, and King Agrippa tells him, "You almost convinced me to be a Christian." That's on King Agrippa. That's not on Paul's. Uh, that's not Paul's fault that King Agrippa decided and made the choice that, "Hey, I, I, I'm not going to uh, follow in Christianity. I'm not going to follow after Christ." Because after King Agrippa, there was plenty of other. Uh, especially military leaders from the Romans that um, uh, uh, converted to Christianity. Of course, later on, they were also uh, tormented and killed for for their uh, conversion. But uh, a lot of the leaders at the time had the opportunity. You know, people around the apostles and around Jesus had, had plenty of open doors and opportunities to jump in and and accept Christ and uh, to make the choice to live and to, to make a change in their life. Uh, and that's with Jesus Christ being physically there on the earth. And these testimonies are fresh. They were like in like within days. I mean, we're talking about living in, it, it was present time for them and they still could not, uh, they still chose to go the other way. You know, I think the timing of this episode is is actually uh, kind of funny because on Friday night, you know, I went to uh, a youth hyphen service at Grace Point in Haslett, a, a church that's very close to ours at the Rock Church in Justin. But 
you know, the whole message that he preached on was was basically choice. And and then and then someone made the choice that night. He's like, you know what? I'm going to give myself to God. And she got baptized in Jesus' name wow. right there in that service. So it's just, it's just, man, just confirmation, man. It's just confirmation. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this that's what we teach. It's a choice. You know, it's true. It's, it's also faith. It's also a lot of things. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's a decision they have to make, you know. And, I mean, as we get into it, I mean, you have to choose to serve. You have to choose to follow. You have to. But there's that point of which we're going to talk about right here, hesitation, that 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 and honestly, that's really a choice that they're making to hesitate. You know, they're choosing to say, oh, to linger like in the Bible, it talks about lot. He says he lingered when the angels told him, hey, you guys got to get out. You guys got you to get your family. You got to do this. And he lingered and he got in this pause state, not like he was in a trance, but he was just hesitating. And the angels or whoever, the people, they had to physically grabbed their hands, grabbed them and walked them and dragged them out of the house because he was hesitating. So sometimes that's what it takes. It takes us as messengers as to the people, you know, that, Hey, you've got to do this. This is not a, I mean, this is life or death. You have to get out of here. You have to get out of the situation you're in. You have to make this choice, you know, but I mean, there's conviction. There's, there's all kinds of things that go into hesitation. You know, I know as you put this, thing together you prepared some stuff about it but i mean hesitation i've always seen hesitation as again the lingering but uh when people when you're teaching a bible study when you're teaching in any capacity they they usually hesitate when they don't understand Mm -hmm. when they're not comprehending when it's not making sense so they're choosing to hesitate and kind of hold back and in their mind trying to find a way to connect it and if you don't keep teaching, if you don't keep adding to what you mean, then they're just gonna they're gonna be at this blank spot. They're gonna be in this hesitate position, like King Agrippa was. Yeah, and well, some, that actually ties on some of the, some of the, my personal notes was Hosea chapter four verse six. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. And then uh, something similar in Job chapter 30, yeah, 36, verse 12. But if they obey not, they shall perish by the sword, and they shall die without knowledge. You know, speaking of that, you know, one, one of my weakest things, my weak point, is when I, you know, and I can feel the Lord say, this is your opportunity. Go talk to that guy. Go talk to him. And I get over there, and my mind goes blank, and I don't know what to say. I, I, all I would have had to have said is, I'd like you to come to church with me. Would that be okay? Blank. Yeah. That is my downfall. And I'm sitting there thinking, I have knowledge. I have knowledge. I've been walking this way for over 43 years. I study this thing. I eat it up. Yet I couldn't share it with my neighbor. Wow. For one minute. Hesitation. If I would have jumped into it, it would have flowed. But I don't. Yep. Um, as a word of caution, though, don't beat yourself up over those experiences because, and you know about this too, um, 
there was one service that was uh, I really felt God weighing on me. The Holy Ghost was moving. Um, God wanted tongues of interpretation. I sat there and did absolutely nothing. I felt God moving on me, but I didn't know what to do in that situation. And I heard Pastor talking to you. He was like, man, I really felt that this was supposed to happen. And it, <laughs> I, I felt my heart sink because I was like, dude, I, I, I knew God wanted me to do it, but it, it would have been the first time, right? Yeah. It would have been my first, my, my, the first time God had used me in that, in, in that way. And I, thankfully, we have uh, an amazing pastor and mentors and elders in our church. Mm-hmm. Brother Ray, thank you for, you know, helping me out in that and mentoring me in that as well because it was, you and pastor helped me understand, you know, this is, uh, this is how God works, uh, through you with tongues and interpretation. It was, it was, you guys helped me out a lot. Actually, that's one of the reasons Jesus Christ came down on this earth. God into humanity. He understands. I wonder in the beginning if he ever had any hesitations you know maybe before he was 12 he understands hesitation it it, tongues of interpretation is a fearful thing i mean you're being used by the god of the universe to speak to a group of people about a specific topic that is important for him to you to hear and in faith half of faith is courage to step out into the unknown man that is tough even when you know because honestly I don't I don't I don't call it a feeling I call it a knowing because feelings can leave you uh, in the wrong direction I've gotten in more trouble by following my heart (laughs) just about anything (laughs) Every Disney you know, movie ever. <laughs> yeah. Heart want what the heart want. Well, yeah, that's kind of right. Yeah. The feel, your, your emotions want what, what, what's the easiest path of least resistance. But what happened, happened. And you grow from that. And you'll grow and grow and grow. But if you don't make mistakes, yeah, we're human. Yeah. I mean, you can be in a moment like in any moment with God, but especially like teaching, you can be in a moment in a Bible study and you're watching them and you're seeing how they're either understanding or they're completely off your page. Now you can make that decision and, and pause and choose to say, Hey, what are you feeling? How do you understand? Like, do you, do you know what, what I'm talking about here? Mm-hmm. And they can be like, you know, blank. Yep. That's that hesitation. They can choose to say, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to answer. I don't know how to ask that question. I don't know. Like, it can also be on them. It doesn't have to be on you. So hesitation is such a – what it boils down to is a fear. It's like you're choosing to be afraid. You're choosing to be afraid to ask. You're choosing to be afraid to step out. You're choosing that fear. And not in like a fear of the Lord, but more of an anxiety kind of fear. You know, and there's, there's a difference. But – um that hesitation, it's so overwhelming when you choose hesitation over faith, over uh, teach, over speaking. You know, when you choose that hesitation, it's comfortable, but it's very overwhelming, and it's hard to get out of that state. And But 
at the end of the day, hesitation can be life or death. Like lot hesitation is, I mean, it's a life or death choice. It's a, um, I mean, eternity's on the line when you're teaching this stuff, not only for you, but for them, you know, you have to consider that when you're teaching. So, I mean, you cannot hesitate. You cannot, I mean, you can't choose that. You can't choose hesitation. You know, it's just like what we were talking experience and the word in your heart reading it so much that you want to get the you want to get the um, root of the word those roots deep in your soul so that when the winds come like pastor was talking about today so when the winds and the rain and the storms come the tree doesn't become uprooted you know it's just like uh, I was we were talking about earlier one of my very favorite scriptures and I think the reason that I like it so much is that it includes everything from Genesis to Revelations and that's 2nd Timothy 2:15. study to show yourself approved unto God a workman not needing to be ashamed but rightly dividing the word of truth that rightly dividing is saying that the the Bible and its verses can meet any situation, period. But you have to study it so that you'll know how to pull out this scripture or this verse to match this need. Yeah, you have to understand. I mean, you have to choose to read your Bible. I mean, you have to choose to study this thing. I mean, it's not hard. It's, it's really not hard. I mean, we talked about this last time on our last Soul Winter episode about, you know, getting in and studying and get, getting rooted and stuff. Discipline. Yeah, discipline. That's it. I mean, discipline. Yeah. But, I mean, I just want to say, like, we're not doing this series at all. We're doing this episode out of just, just because we could. Like, this is something... This series, this episode, having him on right now is a God timing deal. Like we've been praying about this for a while and we just came back from NAYC and it was confirmation for me because of how many people I heard say, I'm going to start a P7 Bible club. I'm going to, oh, hey, I'm going to go teach. I'm going to start teaching Bible. I'm going to start sharing this. And one of the guys in our youth group told me, I went up and talked to him during Friday night and he told me. Landon, we can't keep this, can't keep this here. He said we can't keep it in these four walls, and that hit me because he. This is a guy who just got the Holy Ghost, who just experienced. I mean, we experienced God's glory at NYC, hands down. That was God's glory, and and for him, someone who just received the Holy Ghost that same night to say, we cannot keep this in these four walls. That's convicting to somebody like me, who's lived this my entire life, and I haven't taught as many Bible studies as I could, you know, as, as I know that I can, you know, and that, you know, that's convicting. Yeah. That's convicting that you would exclude other people mm-hmm. that need this. Like something sister, uh, shock said, at, uh, Thursday, uh, Thursday morning that there was a, uh, God gave her a vision of this room that she was sitting in and it's just a bunch of mirrors that warped and made it look like there was thousands of people when it was really just her. And I think that's where we're at. Like, we're all just chilling in this room and like, hey, you know, look at how many people are with us. 
are for us. But at the same time, there's billions of people out there. Billions, you know, who don't know this, who've never heard the name Jesus, you know. And I bring it all full circle, but this is such a God timing thing because coming off the NAYC with the P7 Bible Clubs, there was numerous of people. I don't know what the number was. Do you know the number? Oh, from NAYC, how many were doing it? I don't remember uh, how many were deciding uh how many decided coming out of nyc uh, outside of for just our youth group at our church we're planning three p7 clubs right now yeah that's amazing that's coming off of zero yeah zero yeah to three yeah zero to three in a matter of minutes you know and so it was just confirmation for me because when i got back and i was praying i realized god is reviving Mm -hmm. the teacher Mm -hmm. in the fivefold ministry Mm -hmm. which is the foundation of the fivefold ministry you know, the, the teacher, that's the most important, I believe, to be the most important part of the fivefold ministry. Yeah, you saying that, you know, something the Lord gave me as a revelation years ago was when it, it, you talked about evangelists, uh, apostles, prophets, uh, preachers, don, da, 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 and then he mentions all the way down here on the bottom, teachers. Lord, why'd you do that? Because the teacher is the foundation layer for the preachers, the prophets, the ministers, the apostles. If you don't have a foundation layer, and if they don't know how to lay the foundation, you got a problem. Mm-hmm. Teachers. Teaching a home Bible study is so easy anymore. You've got charts. There's search for truth. There's exploring God's word. There's rightly dividing the word. There's uh, th- th- We've got Bible studies that will last weeks and weeks and months and months, and we've got ones that you can sit down for one hour and explain the planet's salvation very quickly. Only an hour. It's easy. It's so easy. That's the thing with me. I can't. I have a hard time inviting people in, but somebody point me and say, Mike, that guy get, needs a Bible study. I'll be there in a heartbeat, and I'll talk their ear off. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, but the foundation, because we're about to, I believe we're about to see <coughs> a, because I think we've been focusing on this as a movement, the fivefold ministry, restoring that as a as a process and as a uh, going back to that first century design of the fivefold ministry. But I think and God, I think God specifically is like, hey, I'm gonna start with the teacher, mm-hmm. because they are, like you said, the foundation of this of of this fivefold cord here. So I think we're about to see a a major just again revival of all five of these ministries. But he's starting with the teacher. It's so important to me, and because it's the teaching that what needs to happen first, yep. you know, because you like we were talking about has that hesitation. If there's no teacher, then when the preacher gets up and talks about the plan of salvation and preaches, nobody's gonna amen him. Nobody's gonna understand because they weren't taught. Yeah. <laughs> or when the evangelist gets up and talks about what God gave him, a word God gave him to bring to that church, they're not gonna know. So the teacher is the most important thing, and that's why we have to not hesitate, and we have to choose to answer this call to teach. 
to go out and preach the gospel to, to everybody. Here's the thing, what he's talking about. Now, <laughs> I'm going to go left wing a little bit. Go ahead. We go have a problem. In Pentecost, we have the biggest slang in the world. One person is telling you, hold on, hold on. The other one's, let go, let go. <laughs> and you got one person on one side of you, one person on the other. And they don't, what? <laughs> what? And My favorite one. That's a little, that's just a little bit of it. Altar working and, uh, or altar working and praying for people on the altar is definitely something that needs to be taught. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. My favorite one is open up your mouth. Just open your mouth and, just and you'll see, and you'll see people literally standing there like this. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, thing is, they, they 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 don't know what to do. And you know, when I got the Holy Ghost, you know what I what happened with me? I shut everybody out, and I did what I thought God wanted me to do. And bam, yeah. it happened yeah. because I ignored everybody else. I concentrated on God, and I believed that he lived and I got it willing willing yeah, yeah I mean that's that's the choice you hesitate or you're willing and here's another thing you can throw into the hesitation thing is determination and desperation mm. I mean sometimes you get so desperate this has got to be it this uh, this has got to be what I've been looking for for the for my whole life and get desperate and say, you know what? I'm not leaving right here. I'm not leaving here until I get what I came for and mean it. Mm-hmm. Kingdom of heaven suffers violence, mm-hmm. and the violent take it by force. Yeah. That was about John the Baptist. He was the greatest prophet that ever lived. Violent take it by force. And that's how I got it. Actually, I took my wrist. I took my watch off my wrist, started pounding my fists on the on the altar, and say, "I'm not leaving. I want it. I want it now." I mean, and and I was demanding, but what the spirit that was in me pleased God, because it was of a violent faith. It's you know, God is so amazing. He is so amazing. In the way he works, yeah. I mean, I didn't even know. I mean, I read Bible several times, but I never stuck on that verse until that day. Never stuck on. Never thought about it. But it's the actions sometimes that plays more than our words. Mm-hmm. You know, we can. I love you. 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 Until you go out and prove it. Mm-hmm. If you, if you look in those three chapters that we had talked about before, Matthew five, six, and seven, in that it talks about, you know, when you pray, don't repeat, don't be repetitive. And what do we do? What do we? We're all guilty of it. Come on, we're all guilty of it. Re- repetitive. And he's saying. You think that because you're a lot loud, or you're a lot of, of a lot of speaking and a lot of talking and a, a lot of Jesus, 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 that you're going to be heard? That's not it. Right. It's dedicating this to Him. 
one, one of the passages uh, earlier whenever you were talking that came up to mind especially when you were talking about how you were praying uh at the altar jacob came to mind and wrestling uh mm. you know saying yeah. I, he, he wrestled with him until you Break bless me yeah. and then of course <laughs> reached down and dislocated his leg or broke his leg which, wh- whichever it was um yeah, touched his thigh and was out of joint uh, as he wrestled with them, uh, not stopping until you get until you get the blessing, right? Because yep. I mean, uh, it's that same same mentality. Yeah. You know, I think um, this little passage of scripture that I pulled up really shows us the dangers of hesitation. Yeah, and it's the parable of the ten virgins. And uh, I guess I'll, <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll, I guess I'll read it word for word. I'll try to get through it somewhat briefly. But then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins which which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in, went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So you got, obviously, ten virgins, five wise, five foolish, five prepared, right? Five just made the choice, say, I'm just going to be ready when he comes. And five said, ah, I'll kind of wait, put it off a little bit procrastinate procrastination did i say that right yeah okay i thought fine, like <laughs> yeah fine. <laughs> but but that really shows us the dangers of of uh putting things off and hesitating because you know the thing is the five foolish they i mean they were foolish but they didn't it's not like they weren't ignorant of what you know they they knew the bridegroom was coming it's not like they were completely clueless to what was going on they were lazy and they hesitated and they thought they could put it off. And, you know, maybe if they had acted even just a few moments sooner, maybe they could have made it. But they didn't. You know, the one thing I noticed about that, they got oil in their lamps, mm-hmm. right? Where does it say that they ignited them? Mm. And I think I think that is for a kind of a form of prophecy because they had oil. The bridegroom's coming, but they haven't ignited their lamps mm-hmm. to show the way to the party, to, to the dining hall. That's us. Mm. We need to learn how to ignite the oil that's in us to show others how to get to the dining hall. Yeah, yeah. yeah that... that, that um, I, I thought about this scripture earlier, but then you bringing that up just reminded me of it again. 
Second uh, Corinthians chapter four verse three. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So you know, I mean, obviously we might be doing ourselves a disfavor, you know, by not acting or whatever, of course. But really, we're also doing literally everybody else uh, not so much of a favor when we don't. You know, it's not just about us. That, that's the thing. You know, in this modern day, you know, first world, you know, culture is just me, 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 myself, and I. You know, you know, <laughs> you know. And it's like you don't. You and people never stop to think about what our actions, how it can affect other people. You know, if, if we're not living right, if we're not acting and obeying the word of God, then everyone around us, our family members, friends co-workers you name them there's no chance of them making it to heaven and that's going to be on us and uh, the punishment I, I there's i think there's some scripture that says it. i can't remember exactly where but really the punishment is going to be worse for those who knew the truth and did nothing with it than yeah. if they never knew to begin with yeah yep. preservation and maintenance are not kingdom values this was the jews issue this was their problem when jesus first came because they, they interpreted that the Messiah was for them. For them. It's like, oh, the Messiah is going to come for us so we can be delivered from the Romans. But they did not uh, interpret that the fact is that, the, that Jesus came for everybody. That's why he went to the Gentiles first. Because, I mean, they received him, you know, as who, for who he was, for who he came to be. The Jews did not. They were waiting for a Messiah that would deliver them from this, from like the, like Egypt again. That's what they were waiting for. But that's not what God came for. God came to deliver them from sin. And like you're saying, and like that's what happened again to go back. And we can't keep it within these walls. We cannot withhold this from anybody. It's not just for us. Mm-hmm. Like we can't be, I mean, we're the new Jews, but we cannot act like Jews. You know, the Bible describes us as, uh, a part of the, the covenant, part of the, the commandments, you know, as the new Jews. But at the same time, we can't have that same Pharisaical mentality that, hey, the Messiah is for us, not for you guys. Yeah. You know, that's on us. We can't do that. We can't do that. Right. You know, and the only the only talent that God dealt harshly with or punished was the one that didn't use it, yep. the one that didn't share it the way he was supposed to because it does say that he hid it in the earth. What does that mean? That means he took it and he put it in the world. You know, I'm not saying take the gospel and put it and don't put it in the world. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that he took what he took the gospel, the truth of the gospel and he hid it. He hid it. He kept it. And then he took his talents and put it in the world. Yeah. Not in what he knew, not the gospel. So at the same time, again, preservation and maintenance are not kingdom values. That's not what the gospel's for. The gospel is to share, to prepare, to show people. Well, and we call ourselves apostolic Pentecostal, right? Yeah. You already know where I'm going with this. What's the root word for apostolic there? Sin. What? Apollos, Ap- right? Ap- apostolic. Ap- apostolo. Yeah. Right. I-, I believe I'm saying it right, which means... Sin. Okay. Yeah, that's what I go. said. Yeah, yeah. I thought you said sin. I was like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of heard that at first too. I was like, Oh wait, no, no, no. He's saying sent. Sent. I, I could see the C E N T. You were sent. S E N T, Papa. Oh my. I'm goodness. talking money. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, well, I mean, you could apply it to the talents too. The guys who went out and actually up applied it and took it, yeah. right? They multiplied it. Ten. Yeah. Right. You Where's the guy two. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking. He's four. talking Pentecost. You're talking money, and what? He, uh, he I'm tying it back to talent. money now. Yeah. I'm tying it back to the money now. Yeah. But yeah. as an as an example, but uh, going back to what. <laughs> It, it means sent. Yeah. So, I mean, we're – NAYC, they shared what the word was for the, the opposite of it. What was it? I think it was Paris something. It started with, start with a P, I think. Uh, e- either way, though. But uh, the, the, point, the point is that apostolic, the root word, uh, meaning sent. So, I mean – so yeah, to your point is that you know sitting around for self-preservation and all this, it, it, it does not, it, it doesn't go with what oh, God has called us for, right? It's complete opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not God's will. Yeah. You know, I tell you, one of the things with me, I, I am now starting to refrain from using the word Pentecost because there are so many denominations of Pentecostalism that is so far removed mm-hmm. from the, the apostles' doctrine that it's not funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in some instances, uh, like we talked earlier, that there was a doctrine uh during the life of John the Revelator, and it, uh, they called themselves the Nicolaites. They were. Uh, it was the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, and Jesus said to one of the churches, "I notice that you hate the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, as do I." He was paralleling with them. I had the same hatred. But it wasn't of the people. It was the doctrine. We have got the doctrine of the Nicolaitans in this world. God hates it. But he does not hate the sinner. He loves the sinner. He hates the sin. And to me, uh, I, I don't want to be too much associated with loose uh, yeah. gospel mm-hmm. and uh, I'm, that doesn't mean that I'm perfect I'm not and, and you know but what I'm saying is, is I want to follow the, the, the doctrine of the apostles right. what they laid down uh, to be apostolic um, it, it, the, the, this world has become so so polluted and if we allow it, even us, we can be we can become contaminated. Mm-hmm. But we've got to be like Jesus said: "You're in the world, but you're not of the world. You've got to live here. You've got to work here. You've got neighbors, and so on and so forth. You cannot ignore them." But you cannot become them. Yeah, it's like I was just reminded of Antioch. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, they weren't yeah. first. That word Christian 
was the first time it was used. It was in Antioch, and Tyler talks a lot about this, and I love it. And he, this is what Tyler taught me this, but Christian, that word didn't even exist yet. Yep. And it wasn't until they went outside of the Jews and they went outside of that they said, and they looked at these people, and the only way they could describe them was the only word that they could put up, put with these, with Paul and, and I can't remember who else it was, but that went out to Antioch. The only way they could describe them was Christ-like. These guys are just like God. These are just like Jesus. It's this, this is what they are. So they, they pretty much created a word, Christian. And it wasn't the Jews that saw that. It wasn't the, the uh, apostles that saw that. It was the people who were lost that saw it. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, the only, only person I can think of, the only person they remind me of is, is Jesus. They're Christ-like. You know, and I know we interpreted that, you know, they weren't first called Christians until Antioch, but also they they didn't even have that word yet. Mm -hmm. The only way they could interpret Paul was that's like that's like Jesus. That's like God. And that's what we need to be. That's what we need to be. We need to be like Jesus, you know, and and like you're talking about the apostles doctrine. But that's what it was. It was to be like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to do, you know, as we're teaching this, as we're exampling this. And then, uh, however, the apostles also called out that if they were to ever deviate from it, uh, let, uh, you know, uh, I mean, God's not a liar, let, uh, but uh, they, they say, uh, what is it, if, we, uh, if any man uh, or an angel preach any other doctrine yeah. or any other gospel, let him be, be accursed. Galatians. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they, they call themselves out, and they're like, hey. If we preach anything that isn't this, if we deviate from this, if we end up preaching any other gospel, it's not right. We're wrong. I think, like what he's talking about, I think one of the best compliments that we can get is when somebody from the world says, hey, you're a Christian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about that because it wasn't themselves calling themselves Christians. That was other people saying, they're Christian. They're like they're that. They're like Jesus. It wasn't themselves saying, "Hey, yeah. I'm I'm a Christian. I'm like Jesus." Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the first time, the first <laughs> the first time I came to repentance, I was in a wooded area, and this one guy. I was in, in the military, and this one guy kept following me around everywhere. I know the story. Oh man, I. Hi, Mike. Hey, man, how's it going? Isn't this a great day? Da, da, da. Always smiling and happy. And I, I just wanted to just beat his face in the ground. <laughs> I hated him. And, and well, anyway, uh, I was on a mission, and they had sent me out to help him, and I, which I didn't know. And I got out there, and I'd done my thing. And I, uh-oh, I hear him coming up behind me. Hey, Mike. How you doing, man? It's good to see you out here. And I was so angry. I was going to turn around and just punch him right in the mouth. I wanted to break all them teeth out. I was so angry. And that's amazing because love can be like that. And, and I turned around and I looked at him. I said, something happened. And I don't know why. I just looked and I said, you're a Christian, aren't you? And he said, yep. And while we're at it, 
15 minutes later, I was on the ground repenting. Wow. Wow. It's amazing what love can do. That I, in the world that was in me, recognized that he was a man of God. Best compliment you can ever give somebody that's a Christian. That's awesome, man. That's so awesome. And, you know, when you're teaching it, I mean, yeah, you got to be. You got to be like Jesus, hands down. I mean, you probably should work on that. You got to be living it. Yeah, you got you you to be living it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Teach it. Yeah. That's why it says you have to live in the spirit to walk in the spirit. You know, you can't just yeah, it, what, tap If, if I walk into a youth class and I'm cussing up a storm and I'm telling you all to read your Bibles, what? what? Like, it's not going to do y'all any good to yeah. listen to me, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is why holiness is important. Yeah. yeah. You know, holiness isn't just dress. It's also mm-hmm. your speech. It's yep. also the way you live. It's also, that's why we don't cuss. That's why we don't drink. That's why we don't do these things, you know, yeah. because that's holiness. And, you know, we wouldn't purposefully do that, yeah. you know. First Corinthians 11, the entire chapter, man. Just read that. That'll help you out. Oh, but you got to be careful about the hair thing. When it starts talking about uh, a lady's not cutting her hair, <laughs> Paul is teaching. And where are we at? We're in Corinth. Yeah. What is the major religion in Corinth? I don't Diana. Know. Diana. Diana. Yeah. yeah. So they cut their hair and they would shave their heads. If they would shave their heads and they were called prostitutes. Yep. And that's how you recognized if a woman was a prostitute, by her head being shaved. And that's how they worshiped Diana. Mm-hmm. And what Paul is saying is that if you cut your hair, ladies, this is ladies only, if you cut your hair, you might as well just shave your head and be a prostitute. And that's what he was actually saying. And he was also saying to men, if you wear long hair, you're a shame. Verse 8, for the man is not of the woman, but the, the woman, woman of the, the man. man. Yep, and that's the thing. that we, we have always, even the Jews, have always had short hair. It, it, it is a separation of the sexes. Men have short hair, women have long hair. And if you also look in there, it talks about you wear your hair long, and that is your glory to you because of the angel's sake. Yeah. What, what does that mean? That women have a power with angels that we men don't have. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is a part of the doctrine of the apostles. It is. It is, yeah, hands down, yeah. So this is what it, I mean, this is a part of being... Christ-like. This is a part of yeah. represent. This is the image side of God. God is holy, you know. So when we're teaching this, we have to do it in a holy manner. Yeah. You know that this is the not only the image but the character of Christ. Yeah. That's what holiness is. Be holy, for I am holy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. But I mean, when we're teaching it, and kind of bringing it back full circle here. But as we're teaching it in the holiness manner and the image of God, being Christ-like, doing all these things, and choosing not to hesitate, one of the major topics, especially when it comes with 
the conviction side of things, but the major yeah. topic that we that hesitation usually proceeds on is uh, hell. The yeah. I'm not gonna say the trash can of God, but because that's what uh, Tyler you told just me not said to say, it, but so. I just you said just, it. You just said Oops. it. Though. Sorry. Uh, not offending anybody. Well, so that, I mean, that was the original intention. Uh, it, you got to remember that hell is designed for fallen angels, right? For fallen fallen angels. Fallen yes. angels, right? Fallen spirits. So. But um, yeah, I put in here, hell. What is hell? Hell is the place of no relation. People who yeah. do not know God, but also the people that God does not know. Yeah. Mm. Well, you, you know, here's the thing. This is so what was up that I said? I can't remember. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> and he's back in the mic. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, hell is truth recognized too late. And I think that's what we were talking about earlier about being in hell. Saying, I don't belong here. I shouldn't be here. Oh. I remember because I did that, because I rejected, because I hesitated. I'm here. Yep. And it's not a place of ooh, it's not a oh, I'm just having such a bad day. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hell is not a bad day. Your your worst day is best. Better than heaven or hell. Yeah, heaven. <laughs> hell. Uh oh. <laughs> better, better than hell. I mean, you know, we're talking about wailing and wa gnashing of teeth. Why? Because he's talking about eternal flame. Mm -hmm. I've been burned. I don't know how many people have burned your fingers, burn your arm. I don't think I want to be there. But my focus has been mostly kind of like what Pastor was saying today. My, my, my focus has not been on the negative mostly. It has been on the positive. You know, uh, I want to make heaven my home. A and um, there's a um, picture in my phone. It's pretty funny. But it, it, it's these two boys fighting. And one, you know, and it's like if there is one seat left in heaven you want to fight like hell yeah. Yeah. yeah and I thought whoa <laughs> yeah, I think so you know I mean it's that determination my one of my uh, pastors had once told me he says I'll tell you something right now Mike if it was between you and me in heaven and we're in a race, I'll trip you. I'm that determined to make it. I've got to make it. And I'm thinking, whoa, dude, you tripped me? <laughs> but th that's not w the way it is. Yeah, it's not a competition. That's not, it's yeah. not, exactly, yeah. it's yeah. not a competition. It's a different kind of race. <laughs> all, There's room for everyone. All, yeah, he, all that everybody, everybody whosoever would be safe. Will. Yes, whosoever will. He wants all of us. He wants every human being on the planet if they'll come to him. Yep. He'll prepare for us a place. Yeah.
You're going to really have to edit this out, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we'll see. But, I mean, hell is, hell is very real. Hell is a reality. It's not something that we just fantasize that, you know, we kind of do to encourage heaven. But, no, hell is a real place. I mean, from what I know of other religions and other, like, false religions like uh, Islam and Buddhism, like the major ones, but any of them they don't really they have a hell they have a their version of it but they don't really uh emphasize it in a way they don't really harp on it in a way that you know i mean it's a, they still describe it as a, they teach it as a bad place but it doesn't reflect and it doesn't they don't really harp on how important it is to avoid a place like that and i'm afraid that we've kind of got in that same lingo as as teachers as christians you know that we don't really harp on and and teach the reality of hell you know i mean we we love talking about heaven i mean we all like to sit down and say hey man heaven i can't wait for heaven man that's gonna be great but we don't talk about it man i can't wait to avoid hell we don't really say that you know yeah well and there's this bizarre idea that hell is just gonna be a party for those who reject christ it hell is not a heavy metal concert where you're, ro- where, where you're rocking out for all of eternity if you think that you are so willfully delusional and talk about probing uh, reprobate mind yeah. for real uh, yeah we're not we're gonna we're not gonna be chilling or, or sorry not we no you are not gonna be chilling that's right like in hell that's with satan like you're not gonna be all buddy buddy <laughs> Like yeah. smoking something, like no, sorry, bro. That's you're you're gonna be burning. I'm sorry. You will be smoking. Yeah, you will <laughs> in a different way. In a different way. So yeah, but you know, my favorite saying is, "Man, it's just I'm going through hell. I'm really going. I'm going through hell." It's like, yeah, no, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. Well, I mean, the human mind really cannot. It, weeping and gnashing of teeth is only. I, I'd imagine is the only the beginning of the com- like we cannot comprehend just how. Uh, imagine the worst pain that you've experienced so far in your life and it lasting for eternity. I, I don't exactly. know. I, I don't know if we can wrap our heads around. We that. really can't. We really can't. Because you know like, word. I, I broke my arm right before Gracie was born, and in the moment, it hurt pretty bad. Right. Like, and especially uh, and even during the healing process after I had it in a sling, not even a cast because those doctors, anyways. Um, <laughs> but, you know, those just those horrible, sharp pains that would happen out of nowhere. It was constant, it was constant all the time. Um, but obviously there was a healing process and it's fine now. But, I mean, imagine if that pain lasted for the rest of my life. That, that would be nightmarish. But it, it wouldn't even come close I mean, I know, I know a broken arm is kind of a, a weak example to try and throw at it. It's just the best that I personally have Yeah. Um, as an example. I, plenty of people have seen and experienced uh, worse, especially in in wars. The war zone is probably the closest thing you can get to hell on earth. Yeah. Um, but in all reality, hell is a separation, the, the willful separation between you and God. Yeah, like when you choose to not follow, when you choose to hesitate, when you choose to deny, you're choosing hell. 
That's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're not just not choosing God. No, you're choosing hell. You're mm-hmm. choosing eternal torture. Yep. It's going to be more than just uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Hell's going to be more than just uncomfortable. Agony. Well, one of the reasons, and a lot of people don't understand this, is the soul is eternal, mm-hmm. period. Once you are born, you have a soul. That soul never dies, ever. Whether you're in heaven or whether you're in hell. That's why it lasts so long. Souls don't die. Mm-hmm. They don't just disappear. Yeah, it's, it's eternity. Mm-hmm. Like We like to say this a lot, but I mean, we already said it, but eternity is on the line here. Mm-hmm. Yes. I do have some pulled. I have yet another parable pulled. <laughs> James the parable man. Um, but wow. it's Luke. It's Luke 16, starting at verse 19. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, and fared sumptuously every day. But there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, full of sores, who was laid at his gate, desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. So it was the beggar. It was that. So it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that in your lifetime... You received your good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and you are tormented. And besides all this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. And he said, I beg you therefore, Father, you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to them, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to them, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rise from the dead. Here's the thing about that. That answers a lot of questions. Yeah. Like all these soothsayers and palm readers, and oh, I'll call your Uncle Charlie down. No. Well, there's verses that talks about how the dead don't know anything. I, I mean, there, there's well, plenty of verses that absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of verses that there's only one scripture, yeah. Yeah. only one scripture in the Old Testament where Saul tried, uh, where mm-hmm. King Saul tried to pull up Samuel out of the grave by using a witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it real? Was it not? Lazarus. Uh, parable is telling you that there is a gulf fixed between heaven and hell. There is a gulf fixed between the earth and the dead. It doesn't pass. So when when they come up to you and tell you that somebody is seeing ghosts, and paranormal. It might be something else. Yeah, bro, yeah. I, lo- I love those YouTube videos, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> those are dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb, bro. But what's interesting about it is 
Abraham does not allow the testimony of someone who has seen these things. He says, you have Moses and the prophets. Yep. You have, if people don't receive the word, you know, the, the Bible, the law or whatever, no testimony from someone who's been down there or who went to heaven or went to hell, whichever one, that testimony is not going to change the mind of someone who already is not listening to the word of God to begin with. Absolutely. You know, and of course, you know, obviously this whole parable, you know, you know, the rich man ends up going to hell. It's not a, it's not a, you know, a slam dunk on people with money, but it's, um, but it is, I would say, uh, it should be a convicting message to people who are comfortable with the things of life. They think they have everything figured out, you know, all that, but, but really, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just so interesting. Like the second he wakes up in hell, he's immediately crying out for help. I mean, I mean, when's the last time you woke up, immediately woke up and like, I was like, man, I got to go do this or, or whatever. It's like, no, nah, I mean, at least for me, I, I'm kind of chilling when I first wake up, but the moment he opens his eyes, he's screaming out for help. Yeah. And for some, if for even just the, tiniest bit of release he says send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water I mean just even the slightest relief from the pain yeah he doesn't get it ouch yeah and Abraham's just sitting there like sorry bud I can't do anything <laughs> I can't <laughs> and here's the thing that gulf includes the fact that he knew where where Lazarus was mm-hmm but Lazarus did not know where he was. Yeah. It's like blinders. Mm. Yeah, like, if you think about it, Satan, the devil, is someone who is who's a studier. He's somebody who's watched your life since the day you were born to now, to, to you die. And he's studied you. That's why he knows what to tempt you with. That's why he knows what... He tells uh, strongholds in certain areas, hey, hit him with this. You know, that's how he knows what to do. So you're when you go to hell, you are going to a place that was prepared for him, okay, that was meant for him. Okay, so that you're going to the place where the one that has studied how to torture you the entire time that you have lived, you're going to live with him. Yeah. That's what hell is. And I think there's a reason that fire was chosen, the eternal flame was chosen to for hell because at the end of the day, uh, humans and fire are not the closest companions in the least. In the least. I mean, like you were talking about being burned. Burning is not the coolest thing ever. It really it's, isn't. It's not the coolest thing it's ever. It's not the coolest thing ever. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, no. I don't know. I mean, I used to wel- w- use w- uh, welders and torches. Oh my goodness! And that worked great. Yeah. Till till, till that molten flame uh, lava lands on you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like when you're in control of fire, it's pretty cool. But at, well, at the end of the day, when fire's in control of you, mm-hmm. that's another story. Depends on which fire: Holy Ghost fire, mm. strange fire, mm. or hellfire. <laughs> Watch which one you're getting. You're gonna get, you're gonna get one of them. One or the other. But and they'll both make, consume you. Yeah, but make the wise choice of which fire is gonna consume you. Amen. <laughs> but yeah, hell, hell is very real. 
That was very real. And you, One hour. you can't, you cannot deny the fact that hell is, you know what? We're just going to take this time and pause. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alexander, this is where you're going to edit. You're going to edit this pause out while Papa goes to the bathroom here. This is the mark. And probably all the marks where Papa has forgotten to lift up his mic. So coming off the topic of hell, and we understand that we need to teach it. There needs to be something that it is a reality. It is a, a real thing, so we have to teach it. We can't hesitate on that. Uh, the upside, more important, hope. You know, mm-hmm. teaching hope. The most in, Hope is the foundation of wonder, of our wonder. So it's, quite, it's very important to teach hope. You can't hesitate when you're teaching hope. And hope is for, from what I've studied about hope, hope is not only a uh, antidote for worry, but also hope is for the future. Hope is for tomorrow. Hope is for the forever side of God. Faith is for today. Faith is your choice. That's that's what we're talking about, faith, the choosing, the, the making the choice. But hope is for tomorrow, things that you hope for, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's what hope is. When I... In, in the context of not just heaven, but hope in general, it's for tomorrow. But heaven, with that same mindset, heaven is the uh, object of our hope. Yeah, the, the object of our hope, the goal. Like, you know, you have a fundraiser for your school, and you like, there's the, uh, the, the certain number that you want to hit as a school, but then there's the prizes. Then there's the prizes. That's what heaven's kind of like is the, is the super cool prizes that you're actually raising the money for when you do a fundraiser. Mm. You're not really doing it for the, the set uh, marker. You're really just doing it for the cool prizes that you get. So that's kind of what heaven is. Heaven is the, is the prizes of, of this walk, the, the benefit, the, the blessing is what it describes it as of walking with God, you know, living this. That's what heaven is. Sorry, Tyler. I lost. I lost what what I was gonna say. Okay, well, I do that a lot. Alexander, another spike. No, that's all good though. Um, you you have a verse that you wanted to. Um, yeah. Um, so since we're on the subject of hope, and this, uh, this came up in my mind. Um, it's First Peter chapter three. Verse thirteen through seventeen. I probably should have spoken up <laughs> a second sooner. Um, I, I don't know. I I thought maybe you had something or someone else, but no, not really. But so it's from verse thirteen. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord your God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope. That is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. And of course, the the focal point of what I'm talking about here is really in verse uh, 15. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. So we need to have 
obviously the hope in us, but we also need to be able to share that with somebody and explain that to someone. That way they can um, join in on the wonderful hope uh, that we have. And hopefully they will see the, uh, the conviction and the, uh, if that's the right word I'm looking for, but but uh, the, like really see like the uh, the truth and the depth of our hope when we're persecuted and uh, we don't falter and don't give up because obviously you know like we suffer down here on, on this earth you know and plenty of Christians around the world are being persecuted even being killed but uh, so many of them like in these foreign countries you know and like in the Middle East or in uh, like in, in China and stuff like that they're they're not afraid to uh, share the gospel and because they they understand the hope that that we have, you know, into being, being in heaven with our Lord for eternity. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially with, uh, some of the guys in our church too, um, once they got into church and they were transformed by the Holy ghost and they've applied the gospel to their lives, they got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, they, they've made the change in their life. Now people are, some of their friends and their family and just people out in public randomly are going up to them like, Hey, you're a Christian, aren't you? I mean, we talked about how that, I mean, that's a great compliment, but uh, it's also, it should be, a, it's it's a, no, a wide open door for us to be able to witness to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and because uh, people are going to approach you about the hope that's in you, the, about salvation, and uh, because they're going to see a change in your life. Um, I know uh, it's happened to Big Jeff a lot. Like, he has a lot of people that come up to him and ask him, um, questions all the time uh his sons the triplets uh they get it at school all the time um because they've been applying god's word to their lives and they've been focused on that and it's changed the way they talk it's changed the way they act and it's a living it's living proof that it transforms you and then uh, it draws other people to you you know that, that that's another thing that a lot of people don't understand. Why do you live the way you live? Because I want to. Mm-hmm. God has taken the uh, earthly want to out of me. I don't want to live like that anymore. I don't want to feel that kind of hate. I don't want to feel those things. I, I, I feel comfortable where I am. People have to, now, in, in Christianity, we have a thing called convictions. Yeah. Some of them are in the Word, some of them aren't. Yeah. And you've got to be careful with that because Paul says, lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets you. Somebody else's convictions can be your weight. If it doesn't come from God, be careful. Now, I'm not talking about pastors. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) That's what they're there for. Their convictions should be your convictions. Right. That's the mission. Yeah. Exactly. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about somebody trying to force their conviction on you. Mm. I have one guy was condemning me because I would chew chewing gum. But I wouldn't say uh, the, a blessing over it like I would a dinner. 
<laughs> and I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> uh, and I'm thinking, what? And I, I look, and I, I walked away from the man, and what entered into my mind, now this is harsh, and that's the reason I didn't say it to him. I was not put on this earth to live up to your expectations of what you think I ought to be. His expectations. The thing is, be careful of that. Be careful of your convictions. Now, the thing is, some of these convictions are actually biblically based. Amen. But there are some, like me, um, I can't go out in public in a pair of shorts. I can't do it. has nothing to do with anything else. I don't think my knee is sexy. It's not it. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah no, we do. We do. <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. That isn't, it's just the way I was raised up in Pentecost, in, 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 uh, um, exactly. And so that has gotten it. I don't even, I mean, now I, I will say this much. I, I wear long PJs, you know, they, and, and I will walk out to the to the mailbox and get my, my mail. <laughs> but my legs are covered. Uh, my arms are covered to, to about this way. The thing is, well, I might scatter and everything else. The, th the thing is, uh, I'm, I'm t it, it has to do with decency and sobriety. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I love living like this. It's my choice. God has shown me a wonderful life. Mm -hmm. I'm having heaven he right here. Yeah. Not a, not just up there. I feel like I'm so blessed of God. I have wonderful family. I have a wonderful wife. I have I have good neighbors. God has put me in a heavenly environment. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean that. You know, somebody wants to come along and pop me in the nose. I was, thank you, brother. I really appreciate that. And go on. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, but the thing is, the thing is, and, and we're, well, I was going to talk about it. I don't know if it's heading that direction. I want to head, you know, we're, we were just take, thinking earlier, we want, we've been getting too negative. We want to get positive. And to me, convictions if you look at it in the right light, it's not what God's denying me. It's what God's keeping me from yeah. is danger. Yeah. And well, well, I was going to say, it's not condemning you or keeping you from uh, keeping you from anything. Or uh, it, it's it, Convictions come from the fact that we want to be more like Christ. We want to be more like Jesus. Yes. And because of that, we realize uh, these convictions fall on us and, we're, and we – we know that on the other side of that is the hope and, and the goal that we've that we have to be more like Christ, and so and this is where the choice comes in whether it's not to act on that uh, conviction. Which would, I don't know if we want to talk about that becoming sin or not, or mm -hmm. uh, if we want to wanted to find that passage. Um, we had that kind of as a casual discussion, I think, a couple of weeks ago with the youth group. I don't remember who else having that conversation with. Know if to do good and do if it not is. Him and his sin, yeah, I I understand. I don't remember if that was 
the verse that I had or not uh, whenever I had the discussion. But um, uh, but to reiterate, your convictions are not God condemning you and keeping things from you, like you were saying. It, it's so. you wanting to become more like God, and this is an opportunity that God has placed upon your heart to do so. It's, yeah. yeah, it's uh, obeying and submitting to righteousness. Yeah. That's what adhering and responding to convictions is. You are applying, in a way, righteousness to your life. It's one of the things I love about, I was studying this last night. Uh, there's a difference between freedom and liberty, the words. Yep. The definitions, are, they're different. Freedom is uh, you're free, but you're free to do anything. No restraints, no boundaries. You are free to do whatever you want. Yep. But that and but the verse says liberty. Doesn't say freedom. Now what is liberty? Liberty there's a difference between there's a difference. So liberty is you are freed, loose from the bondage, freed, but indebted to the one that freed you. Mm. In fact, you are free in the boundaries that they have set. Right, so think of America. Okay, we are there a land of liberty. There are laws that we have to follow in order to be free in this country. You know, to live right. It's the same thing with righteousness. The same thing, living in the spirit, living in this hope factor and convictions. There are things that we have to uh, live without, or things that we set aside to be free understanding that so that's why paul wrote and i found this last night paul wrote i am free from sin but i'm a slave to righteousness that's the difference well you know it's just like you're talking about the freedom uh uh, the the philosophy in america or has been in america is is that freedom is not free Mm -hmm. it's bought with a price same thing with us and liberty I, an example to me of liberty is uh, I don't have to wear a seatbelt, but if I don't, yeah. I'm taking a risk. Yeah. But you exercise that. Like I used to exercise the right to not wear a helmet on a motorcycle. <laughs> I, I did. I, I, I rode with a helmet for a long time until I got in a 110 degree weather in, in a in a traffic jam and I got a I got I got this motor between my legs it's hot I got the sun's hot the pavement's hot my gas tank's hot my helmet's hot and I said forget it <laughs> I took the <laughs> helmet off never wore it again people got mad at me but it was my liberty it was my freedom of choice god when he created adam that was one of the greatest gifts he gave to humanity, freedom of choice. Good and evil, tree of life, it's your choice. That's yeah. liberty. Mm-hmm. That's liberty. Amen. That's liberty. And that's what uh, hope is. Hope is operating in, in, in liberty, not just freedom. Like what it, the verse says, uh, uh, where the spirit is, there is liberty. Not freedom. Yeah. Not freedom, because freedom is if there if it said freedom, that means I can do whatever I want in the spirit. Yeah. 
That's false. Then the one saved always saved cats would be right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <Whoa. laughs> right. One saved always saved. Yeah. Bring a little Calvin well, into yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I had to throw that one in there because because if the word choice was different, it would yeah. be right because then then their doctrine would actually be kind of almost sound because they would be. Well, I'm I'm chosen and I, I've done the whole salvation package. Now I can go do whatever I want and yeah, yeah. I have freedom. But exactly, it, it, which you know, bringing that up, you you brought the Calvin thing up. Yeah, I, did, I didn't bring up I, Calvin. I you did. The thing is, on the Sermon on the Mount, we were talking about this earlier. Yeah, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus says that if you do not forgive your neighbor mm. or others. Or even your enemy, and he kind of got around to the enemy thing. I won't forgive you. Mm. Uh, What? (laughs) You mean if I'm baptized in Jesus' name, filled with your spirit, pray every morning, but I do not forgive my neighbor, I am not saved? Ooh. Hello, Calvin. Yeah, I, just because you get baptized correctly and you get the Holy Ghost, I mean, there's you got to th- walk the walk. Yeah, you got to still stay in it. You still die daily. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still things that you have to uphold. Yeah, yeah. Ezekiel eighteen and twenty four. Well, there it is. Uh, let me. Sorry, I like. <laughs> Let's all pull it up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're jumping to the Old Testament, but this uh, it still applies. This this verse very much applies. Uh, just 14? because it's Old Testament doesn't mean it gets thrown in the trash. 14? For anybody. Uh, 18 and oh, 24. 18. Ezekiel 18, 18 24. The, and this, this verse debunks any possible idea of, like, uh, once I'm saved, I can just do whatever I want. But does everyone have it pulled yeah, up? Yeah, I got it. I have, and I have another verse I wanted to share 18 about, like, the co- 18 and 24. 24. But um, Ezekiel. I had another oh, verse about, you, like, the I, conviction I stuff. That I wanted to share too, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But let's f- focus on Ezekiel 18 and 24. I'm old, I'm slow. He's getting there, going. He's almost there. There, there we go. There it is. All right. Hey. All right, but but when the righteous turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and doeth according to all the ab- abominations that the wicked man doeth, shall he live? All his righteousness that he hath done shall not be mentioned in his trespass that he hath trespassed, and in his sin that he hath sinned, and then shall he die. And I think the next verse does the vice versa. I I, I, I like just Googled it, so I don't have like the whole chapter. I got it. Uh, Yet ye say the way of the Lord is not equal. Hear now, O house of Israel, is not my way equal, is not my ways unequal. When a righteous man turneth away from his righteousness and committeth iniquity and dieth in in them for his iniquity that for his iniquity that he hath done shall he die. And then it keeps talking about again when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the part where yeah, it goes. So that's, that's uh yeah, twenty seven. Mm-hmm. That goes down okay. to, pretty much throughout the rest of the chapter. Yeah. I mean, man, that's like just I mean, that's crazy. Like, a righteous man, like, living righteously possibly all his life and then just decides, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. God just immediately forgets it. And vice versa. I mean, the same thing happens when, 
you know, I we obey Acts two thirty eight, all of our wickedness gets forgotten. But it's it's pretty crazy to think, or I mean, it's not crazy, but it's just like it's just like, you know, it's it's just wild to imagine, you know, like you can live righteously your whole life, or at least most of it, or for a long time, and then immediately turn away, and then and then now you're, you're just wicked, <laughs> you know. I don't know why this is coming up. I just got something. All right, all right. <laughs> Calm down. Well, let's hear it. Yeah. You know, years ago, uh, uh, Paul was in prison, and um, Nero had been hearing about him mm-hmm. and some of the Christians. So he calls one of his generals in, and he says, uh, I want to know this thing about these Christians. I want you to go out and find out what's going on. So this general, he was a general, high-ranking officer, and he went out and he disguised himself and he studied Christianity. He, he looked into it, what's going on, how they acted, where they went, so on and so forth, how they gathered. And he reported to Nero, and he says, all right, this is it, sir. Christians are the perfect citizens. They don't lie. They don't cheat. They don't steal. They don't rob. They don't commit adultery. They pay their taxes, and they obey the law. They're perfect citizens. Nero had him executed. Because guess what? You turn the page and Rome burned while Nero fiddled. And guess what? Who did he blame the fire on? The Christians. When people persecute us and say vile things about us, keep on going on. Because we got one hope. That's right. Amen. One hope. That's right. You know, and I, you brought that up. They were living perfect. They were living lives that were, they didn't cheat. They didn't do all these things. They were perfect citizens. Why do they do that? Well, they did that because that's what the teachings of Jesus said they should do. Why? Yep. To inherit the kingdom of heaven. Heaven. That hope. That's why they did it. They didn't do it Amen. because, you know, it's it was the law. They did it because that's how they could. That's what they were supposed to do to to get to heaven. You know, and Jesus has, has gone. He's prepared this place for us. He's he's built a mansion for us. And so it's our job on this earth to teach this and to tell people, hey, this is how you can get that mansion. This is how you can get to that place, that home with Jesus. This is how you can go up and meet him. Yep. If you live this way, if you live righteously with your convictions, with yep. your and your righteousness. Righteousness means, and uh, Sister Shock broke this down at NYC, to serve. To serve unto like everybody's God. Well, that's what you are doing. You're living a righteous life, a servant's life. You're a slave to righteousness. You're a slave to this uh, position of a servant while you're here. So what does that mean? You have to choose to serve. You have to choose to, hey, does somebody have a, you have a question about God? Hey, how can I help you with that? How can I be that person to you? Again, this entire series we've talked about uh, where Paul says, 
I become all things yep. to all people. This is that's pretty much the theme of soul. That's that's the bottom line of soul winning, and this is this basically our tagline for the series, probably. But uh, I become all things to all people. Why? So that I can win some. Yeah. If you study, like I'm studying Acts right now. If you study throughout Paul's ministry, he would go to these places. God told him to go. The Spirit led him. Like there was places he didn't want to go, but the Spirit led him. He was bound to the Spirit. But I say that because he went to these places, and you see his ministry and the uh, the reaction of his preaching. It wasn't pretty. The man did not have a massive revival like Jonah did, or you know, like these crazy massive three thousand like Peter did. No. It was he was persecuted. There were people that rose up, and one one of the thing in verse. Uh, hold on, I'll pull it up real quick. But in Acts, I took note of it. I I highlighted it. But in Acts, uh, seventeen and six, people they were witnessing Paul's ministry, right? And these these certain men went to their officials. And they said. Uh, and they described Paul and, and people that were with Paul, the apostles, they were going out and preaching. They described them as these that have turned mm-hmm. the world upside down. <laughs> Love Why? It. Love it. Now, if you think, if you go back to the Sermon on the Mount, okay, mm-hmm. the things that teach that Jesus was teaching were completely different than anything else that's been taught before. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, uh, as he's adding to the commandments, as he's teaching us the laws, he's like, hey, not only should you, I bring you a new commandment, you know, to love each other like I love you. Like he's adding to, the Sermon on the Mount is completely different than anything. And Matthew reflects that so beautifully. But uh, but in Acts 17, 6, so that's reflecting the teachings. They're teaching something different. They're turning the world upside down. Well, what does that mean? Well, the kingdom of heaven is not like a business. It's not like this capitalist society that we have where the higher you get, the more, the greater you are. No, but in the kingdom of heaven, they're turning this place upside down. In the kingdom of heaven, no, the greatest is the least. The greatest is the one that submits into as many people as he can to serve all. That's what they were doing. They were, they were, they were turning the world upside down. They were reversing an environment. They were recreating a culture. And we're applying it to this earth. So that's what we have to do. Yeah. You know, people will get upset. People will, you know, go up to officials like, hey, these guys are doing, they're not, they're doing some, it's not bad, but we don't like it. You know, you know, it's actually really good, but we don't like it, you know, <laughs> but still upside down, you know, and you know, another funny thing is no other gospel when it refers to Jesus teaching his parables, when Jesus would say the kingdom of the other gospels say the kingdom of God. But Matthew had a, rev- had a revelation. Matthew wrote in the kingdom of heaven because he was writing the Jews. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Jews, they were obsessed with heaven. They were in their teachings. They were obsessed with heaven, getting to this place with God. Like they, this is the fulfillment of their covenant that God made with yep. them. You know, they were obsessed with heaven. So when Matthew wrote the kingdom of heaven. That's caught that caught the Jews attention because it wasn't just, you know, the kingdom of God, which is what they'd been living there for generations through their ancestors, the kingdom of God, the the covenant of God. They were living that. But when they said the kingdom of heaven, oh, I'm going to listen to this. So that was a revelation. So the kingdom of heaven, like you can go through and study the parables where Jesus and Matthew would say the kingdom of heaven is of like yada, 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 yada. 
you know, and that that'll describe what it's like, you know, and that's not just uh, not just when we get to heaven, but also here, what we're establishing here, the thing that we're turning upside down, you know, that's what we're establishing here, the kingdom of heaven, you know, a kingdom versus culture deal, because that's that's how it that's what it is. That's exact. That's what it is. So that's the hope that we're striving for. That's the hope. The reason we keep these convictions, the reason we were a slave to righteousness, this liberty that we're living is this hope that we have that we're founded on, that we're founded in. That's good. That's good. Oh, really good. Yeah. <laughs> keep going. Preach it. <laughs> but, come on. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, didn't know Landon had a sermon ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Though, that was really good. But I think we need to close this episode out. I think I think that was a good point. Unless y'all had yeah, anything no, else I, to No, I, I think that was a that's a definitely a a pretty good stopping point. Unless we want to go, we, we can have another episode specifically on if we t- talking more about what uh, the specifics of heaven. Um, like kind of, kind of its own mm-hmm. mini series yeah. kind of thing as well. We could do it. Like, I, I mean, if you want to come back on and just talk about that, I mean, like, it wouldn't be a part two, but it would just be a separate episode. Yeah, probably wouldn't be, a, yeah. be a soul yeah. winner thing, but it would be just a separate one. Yeah. But I think sure. we've touched like on that. the main topic of this episode about mm-hmm. choice. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. So as we're wrapping this episode up, um. We have to teach. We we have to. We can't give in to hesitation. We have to teach hell. We have to teach heaven. We have to teach that it is reality, and we have to live with right, live in righteousness, live in liberty, live in this this hope that we have, you know, and exalt that. And as we end this episode, we're gonna have uh, Brother Ray closes out, and we're all gonna collectively pray. But just at home, as you're listening, I just encourage you guys to. Uh, just pray with us and because i i don't know about you guys i feel the spirit right now i am i feel the witness of the spirit and i believe that god is going to help us god is going to instruct us and god is going to provide and make a way you know this morning in in pre-service prayer i was praying that uh god don't let me just seek the right way to do this you know don't let me just try and want to do it the right way but let me seek after your way let me do it the way you want me to do it, not mm-hmm. just the right way or the wrong way, but I want to do it the way you want me yeah. to do it. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's what we need to pray right now is for God to instruct us on how he wants us to do it and for us to study and prepare ourselves on how he needs us to do this. You know, so I say we just begin to pray right now. Lord Jesus, Jesus, we Father, we God. ask you, Lord Thank Jesus, Lord. to move. Lord, we ask you, Lord, we pray to help that we us to go God, out on the highways and the hedges and, teach God. and to Lord, compel them to come Lord, collectively as a people, teach God. Us, Focus Lord on Jesus, our righteousness, give us God. The Lord, the Lord, to speak. Lord, let us be free from sin, but God, let us be enslaved to righteousness. God, we feel your spirit right now. Jesus, as we pray, God, Lord, we feel the witness of your spirit right now. Lord, let us lean on this hope of heaven, God. Let us help us, God, to share the hope that's within us, God. God, let us understand the reality of hell, but Lord, let us focus on this hope, God. 
Thank you, Lord. What fuels tomorrow, Thank you, Lord. But in order for us to be bold, Lord, we must choose to act in boldness. But Lord, let us take today as a faith to witness, God. We must choose to share the gospel. We must choose, God, to teach. Choose to share the blood of Jesus. It may be uncomfortable for us, Lord, but we have to choose, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. If our gospel be hid, Lord, it's hid to them who are lost, God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Let us oh, God, have, have your way with us, Lord. I pray that everyone listening to this podcast right now, Lord, would be a willing vessel, Lord Jesus. A willing vessel, God, that we would pay you, Lord, that that we have vowed to you, God, for salvation of the mighty God. Choose willingness, God, to choose righteousness, God. Yes, Lord. Choose to follow, God. We thank you, God, Lord, you get all the glory and the honor and the praise, God. That light, God, let your light, holy light, shine through us, God. Bless you, Lord. That people may see. Thank you, Lord. See you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the word that's going forth. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.